This episode of the Supply Chain Brain Podcast is supported by Here Technologies, the neutral party open location platform company. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a look at the company and what it offers to customers. But for now, on to the podcast. Innovations in the tracking of goods and vehicles are making possible a degree of accuracy that was unheard of up to now. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Executive Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Tracking technology has come a long way over the decades. What used to require phone calls and paper now employs small devices that provide real-time data on the location, condition, and scheduling of goods in transit. More recently, we've gone from a sole reliance on GPS to the addition of more economical systems such as Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Today, I'm speaking with two experts on the cutting edge of tracking technology. Peter Kut, Product Marketing Manager for Supply Chain Optimization, and Jason Palmer, Industry Marketing Manager for Transportation and Logistics in the Americas with HERE Technologies. They'll talk about the evolution of tracking capabilities and the impact they've had on routing, scheduling, visibility, and customer service. We'll also learn about the importance of artificial intelligence, the Internet of Things, and so-called smart containers, trailers, and vehicles. So here is my conversation with Peter Coote and Jason Palmer. Peter Coote, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Jason Palmer, welcome also. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me and great to be here. Peter, I want to direct the first question to you. Tell me a little bit about the evolution of this tracking technology. What advances have you seen over the years? So tracking, there's a, there's a lot of advancement recently, and a lot of it has to do with battery technology, but also the technology that surrounds it. Because if you're looking at tracking use cases, other than person tracking where you have a cell phone that has a rather large battery, you're looking at attaching some sort of device to a package, to a container, and that now has to last a month, a couple months, etc. Traditionally, the last a couple months, you're looking at a tracker that might be the size of a laptop. The problem that you have there is 80 to 90% of the cost of a tracker is that battery technology, is that battery. So the more battery efficient you can get a device, the cheaper the device becomes. And all of a sudden, more tracking use cases make sense because you're not going to go and attach a $50 tracker to a $100 item. But you might attach a $5 track to a $100 item. So the economies have changed. That's because of a lot of different things, such as new communications technology, such as MBIoT, better positioning technology, such as using network positioning versus using GPS only, adding Wi-Fi for additional connectivity options. So there's a ton of stuff that has happened there. And then, of course, we're getting better at context because what the tracker really gives you is a lot long. And it probably gives you sensor load, such as temperature, vibration, something like this. But now if you take location context and you add 
a map, you add what the weather is around there to it, and you add all these different variables that we now have access to in real time, you actually understand what is going on with your parcel in real time, or you understand what's going on with the shipment historically. But you know if something went wrong, you can now look at it historically and figure out what is the reason that this went wrong? Did my vendor make a mistake? Was this just an event that I just can't stop? Or what happened here? And have we gone, it seems like we've gone from purely GPS to augmenting that, as you say, with Wi-Fi, with Bluetooth and the like. So there are multiple types of bases for the tracking that can all sort of be combined into the same package, right? Exactly. They have different use cases. So GPS, obviously great technology, but it's very power thirsty. And there's a couple of ways to make it less power thirsty, but it's still a pretty power thirsty technology. Now, if you use other things such as cell ID, cell ID is almost power free because you're using the, the keep alive ping that the modem has to do anyways to go get your position. Wi-Fi takes a little bit more power, but it still gives you better accuracy, but still much better from a power perspective than GPS would be. It's amazing how much all technology comes down to the question of batteries. In any case, Jason, I want to ask you, with regard to estimated times of arrivals, how granular do modern-day fleet managers expect those to be based on this technology? Well, a simple answer to that is as accurate as possible. I'll get into a little detail. Years ago, when we would order something, we would roughly have an idea when it would deliver, whether it was to the day or maybe a couple days of the week. But now we expect it to not only deliver on the day, but oftentimes within a specific time window. So for you and me, that could be food. We expect our food to be delivered between, say, 11.45 and 11.58, for example. But when we get into transportation and logistics, it comes down to sometimes like pickup and delivery windows uh, and appointment times. And shippers and receivers nowadays are really requesting tighter and tighter times. So trucking companies are really utilizing a wide range of technologies to more precisely predict when their drivers are going to arrive at that designated stop. Some locations have large windows, some have small windows, and others have, most of the time, there are a lot that demand appointments to the minute. And late arrivals can not only cost a fee, they can also result in losing that order entirely and therefore in the future jeopardizing the business that that carrier has with that shipper or receiver. So some important pieces of information that companies gather to calculate more accurate ETAs are such things as that driver's location, the remaining hours of service that the driver has, the average time spent at a shipper or receiver, and even traffic and weather conditions. So trucking companies can utilize this information to not only calculate that accurate ETA, but to also increase the level of communication with their said customer. So in the long run, the collaboration with the customer can help improve aspects of the supply chain, such as routing, scheduling, and visibility. So the customer wants more, but one of the big deals about tracking that has always been the case is the question around how often or how frequent do you want to see these messages? I mean, no one is sitting in front of a computer screen, literally tracking mile by mile the progress of freight to destination. Sometimes they just want exception reports. Sometimes they want periodic reports. Sometimes they want event reports based on when something changes hands. Is that changing in terms of just how often someone wants to see the progress of a particular shipment? That is definitely changing. You will always have your overview screen, your beautiful map with all the different shipments on it because that's the thing that 
the boss likes to see, right? But for your day-to-day work, most of the stuff you're going to see is just what went wrong, right? Because you don't care about what is going right. The comparison I use in product management a lot when it comes to this is the airplane industry. You have a pilot. The pilot has a certain amount of brain capacity to process information while doing all this other work. So you really have to be really smart about what information is actually delivered to the pilot and at what time. And you have to then also rank the competing information and how that is delivered. You need to do the same thing here, right? Because a planner just needs to know what he needs to know. He doesn't need to fluff around it. He just needs to know what I can do right now, where do I need to call, and what can I do in order to go and prevent a delay or prevent a lost shipment. How do the expectations and requirements differ between, let's say, a truck headed for a distribution center or a warehouse or a receiving dock and a package headed directly to a consumer that's part of an e-commerce order? Those are quite different in terms of the customers where they're going, but both of those entities want pinpoint tracking. How do those expectations differ? With the consumer level, it's far more granular. We expect as end consumers that order to be delivered as scheduled. And oftentimes what we're doing when we're placing that order is we're choosing the exact delivery date. And oftentimes we rely on it for X number of reasons. On the, I'll say the enterprise level and the shipping and receiving level, that can have more of a ripple effect. So if a driver arriving at a distribution center or fulfillment center is late by a few hours or even late by a day, all the different products that are on that truck may be going to a multitude and likely a multitude of different locations and will have several different delays. It could have one delay if it's going to one location or it could have several hundred delays if we're going to several different or several hundred different end consumers. So again, it really depends on the type of delay and the type of shipment which you specifically pointed out. That does raise the question of how you prevent the compounding of problems when a truck is late. As you say, a single truck being late can back everybody up and just completely mess up everyone's schedule. I mean, how do you get around that? Peter did talk about that earlier, but it really it's about preventative measures. It's about doing everything you can as a transportation company. And I'm using that word very broadly. Whether you are a third-party logistics company or you are a trucking company, you are a shipper, you are a receiver. It's all about taking those preventative measures and using that technology and ensuring that your operations are running as efficiently and effectively as possible to ensure that orders do not arrive late, whether picking up or delivering. And if so, you are recognizing that an order is running late, not just at the time of the appointment, but hours, if not a day prior to when it's actually due. And then you are really running what we would call an exception management procedure to problem solve how you can get that shipment to where it needs to be on time or as soon as possible. Another problem that happens, though, is because people are so afraid of being late, often people are early. And early is a completely different problem, but it's also still a problem, right? Because you now have to store the material that you don't have a use for yet until you have the use. So there's a cost there, too. What you really need is you need data. You need data over time to understand your vendor performance and to understand the real lead times, not just the contractual lead times that might be in your supply chain management product, but you need to understand what is the actual real-world performance from this vendor usually, and then plan around that. And the more data you collect on that, the, the more accurate you get. Then you can do real savings there on understanding what your capacity needs are for storage, 
and also being able to preemptively understand what you do in case you have a delay, right? Is there another vendor that on a short notice can immediately bring you this product, but at a higher rate? All these different scenarios you can plan out, but you require data over time in order to do that. That's a great point, Peter. It reminds me of a hot topic right now in transportation, and that's the logistics 4.0 trend. Really what this is, it's really by utilizing machine communication in the internet of things, it really takes advantage of what we would quote call smart containers or smart trailers, vehicles, pallets, and transportation management systems or software to really create an entirely networked supply stream that offers everyone in the supply chain. So managers, shippers, receivers, freight forwarders, 3PLs, true visibility to route, transport, and perform those logistical tasks to have the most optimum and efficient transportation stream. So the limitations that we used to see in the past and that we're still seeing now, such as any type of order delay, any types of operator errors, the lack or the poor monitoring of cargo, and any type of outdated IT failures, and also thefts. So thefts are actually on the rise. All those are being overcome by the integration of IoT and the machine-to-machine communication. Well, when you talk about being early, a big retailer like Walmart will ding you for that as well under its new OTIF or OTIF on time in full rules that are getting tightening up all the time. You cannot be early or late. You've got to be within a certain window. But you know what I'm wondering is the technology keeps getting better and better and eliminating those lapses or gaps of information that have been a problem over the years. However, are there still black holes of information out there? Are there points at which typically the ability to track something constantly in transit fails? And if so, how can we close those gaps? There are still a lot of black holes. And a lot of that is around most of the time to economically track an item. You're actually tracking the thing it is in. So you're tracking a container, you're tracking a truck, or you're tracking a ship. Now you have to assume that whoever did the association of this item is on this ship did not make a data entry error because data entry errors happen frequently all over the place in all industries. If you cannot 100% rely that uh, there has not been a mispick or that the item that you care about is actually 100% in this vessel that you're tracking, then you really still have have somewhat of a black spot there. So let's talk about the future of this technology. It seems to be awfully sophisticated now with all of these tools at our fingertips. But what do you guys think the future might hold in terms of even more sophisticated and amazing technology to make this even more effective? To me, you want a full end-to-end supply chain experience. That doesn't just mean I understand something arrived at the warehouse. I need to understand where in the warehouse it is. It's in Hall 4, Shelf 7 at Height Three. I need to understand with high granularity where we actually store the items or where the forklift driver has taken them. We have customers that we help with asset tracking on their outbound supply chain that have lost large car engines that they found again four months later. But for four months inside of a very large factory, there was a box containing a car engine that they were looking for and could not find. You need to understand that something has arrived at the point it's supposed to be, or at the warehouse in the middle of the voyage, but you also need to understand where and there it is. Again, prevents mispick, prevents human error, and really speeds up your entire organizational flow when it comes to this. Jason, you want to chime in with your view of the future? Yeah, 
Yeah, of course. There are a couple things that I've noticed. One thing that I've seen companies do within transportation is really try to focus on their customer segmentation and sometimes also the product customization. What I've seen is a strategy that includes a more granular segmentation of a, let's say, a third-party logistics or even a transportation carrier, their customers. So what that really requires is more data collection on various customers in order to segment them into even smaller groups so that they can be sure that the production and shipping workflows are specifically aimed to meet the needs of each one of those individual groups. So by doing that, these companies will be able to more efficiently provide higher quality service and then better adapt themselves to changing market in regards to each one of those customers. Another thing I've noticed is, which I think a lot of us have heard about this, is artificial intelligence. We touched a little bit on this earlier, not actually mentioning AI, but the fact that it includes machine learning and deep learning, it's allowing machines to self-optimize performance and then alert us of potential failures or issues before they occur. And this was something Peter had talked about is, Suddenly, we don't care, but we don't care if the order and everything is going well. We want to be alerted to when a delay is occurring. So the use of AI, I think, is going to lead to a better responsiveness. And since that technology hinges on automation, it's going to result in higher order accuracy, which is really going to enable better spend analysis and cost reductions through newer, more advanced analytics. So I think that is something we're going to see a lot in the future. And then one more thing I've seen, and this is specific towards the trucking industry, is platooning. I really feel that the platooning technology is going to take off with the long-haul trucking companies, not just here in North America, but globally. The single biggest cost factor for trucking fleets, the operational cost for a truck is fuel consumption. So over about a third of the operating cost of a truck is just fuel. I found a research report that had just been published in the last couple of weeks that talked about the global trucking platooning market. And that back in, I think it was two years ago, it was valued at around $500 million. But right now, it's, they're projecting it to reach about $4.5 billion by 2025. And North America is accounting for the highest share of this. What we also have to keep in mind is that at its core, truck platooning is not all about fuel consumption, but it's primarily based on technology. There are components that are part of this, such as adaptive cruise control, blind spot warnings, the GPS system. So those are some components that are factored in with truck platooning. And some of the impacts that I've seen and that are talked about is that really, again, it's going to reduce the fuel consumption. The cost right now of Tuning technology is going to be decreased by 2025. That security and privacy concern, again, will be reduced. We're going to see a higher extension in size of truck platooning fleets. You're going to see more government support for truck platooning as well. Peter, tell me a little bit about the history of HERE. How did it come about and, and what is it offering the marketplace today? HERE is the open location platform company. What we mean with this is we want to be the open location vendor of choice to our partners and we want to be a neutral party that allows people to bring data and also get data in a location context. We came out of the NAFTEC 
which was one of the first vendors for digital maps in the world. And today we have a very, very strong presence, and especially automotive, where we cover 80% plus of all vehicles shipped in North America and Europe with a navigation system to include part of our IP or all of our IP. The extension into things such as supply chain are a natural extension for us because we care about industrial-grade maps. So that means we have hundreds of attributes for maps that are very truck-specific and allow us to route trucks more efficiently than your general commercial products would. On top of that, we've been developing routing algorithms and other machine learning algorithms that are specifically focused on this logistics industry and improving logistics overall. And we have a very rich tracking suite that we have brought out over the last year that has a deep focus on supply chain. And in terms of the accuracy and specificity of your ability to track a particular shipment, I imagine that over the time that here has been in existence, that has improved, has it not? Well, it really depends. It's Again, it's a math formula between battery and how much accuracy you actually need, right? Because during the middle of your voyage, 100 meter accuracy might be good enough. But when something's at the port of arrival or at the warehouse, then we can do up to centimeter accuracy with today's technology. And do you expect it to get even better then? I mean, your own solution? Uh, yes. We are limited right now by uh, battery technology, and battery technology gets better every day. We're very excited into what the future will bring here and what the type of use case are that we'll be able to address in the future. And Jason, what types of solutions are you currently developing with your customer base? Yeah, so quickly, what we're doing is we're focusing on the different pain points that the transportation industry is focused on or that are they are concerned with. So one in particular that we are developing right now is focused on driver safety. So that's kind of really one of the hot topics in transportation. So what we're doing is we're looking at a lot of the different products that we have as a company and really developing a packaged solution that it can almost be a plug-and-play as well that will help transportation companies focus specifically on the multitude of concerns that fit under that driver safety umbrella. So that's one that we're excited about right now that should hopefully be rolled out, I would say, in the next few months. We're lucky enough to have a team of a lot of PhDs that are specifically tasked with understanding how to position something in space and the most efficient ways to do this. So these guys are looking into all kinds of different new technologies coming out from ultra-wideband to more efficient communication technologies that allow us to also piggyback location and positioning data on the communications band. There's a lot of really cool stuff that these guys are doing, and we're incredibly lucky to have them. Really are some amazing advances in this in tracking and reporting technology, and I want to thank both of you for being with me today to talk a little bit about that as well as what here itself is doing in the marketplace. So, Peter Coote, thank you so much. Thank you. And Jason Palmer, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it again. Uh, this, is, this is fantastic. That was my conversation with Peter Kute and Jason Palmer of Here Technologies, talking about the evolution of supply chain tracking systems. Our thanks to Here Technologies for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrand.com, where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming and downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? 
email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. See you next time.